Christmas morning. This Advent season, we've been looking at some of the Old Testament prophets and their foretelling of the coming of Christ, and today we celebrate the day that Christ came. During our candlelight service, we looked at a passage from Isaiah, and we'll be going back to a passage in Isaiah this morning. Today we'll be in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 6. Isaiah 9, 2 to 6, where we read the word of the Lord. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That sense the reading. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, for your word is true. I pray that you would speak through your word this morning, Lord, that you would perform the miracle that feeds our souls. We pray this in your name. Amen. Prince of Peace. On Christmas Day in 1863, the poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, now that's a name. Don't know how you like necessarily come up with that name. Wadsworth isn't something you normally see on like gravestone. Maybe back then, I don't know. His name's Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and he's sitting before a table in Cambridge, Massachusetts. He took up his pen and paper, and his heart was filled with despair. A few years earlier, his wife of 18 years had tragically died in an accidental fire, and he would never truly recover from her loss. His country was divided and waging war against itself, and his son, who had joined the army against his father's wishes, had been severely wounded in the battle of New Hope Church. As Longfellow sat there on Christmas morning nursing his son, down the long road of recovery, he heard the church bells pealing and struggled with their message of peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Taking up a poem, or taking up a pen, he put down on paper a poem. The first line is familiar to those who know the hymn Longfellow's poem eventually came to be, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play in wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. As I sit here in 2021, it's surprisingly easy to relate to a man who lived in 1863. Longfellow was a conflicted individual living in a time of conflict and yet yearning for peace, wishing that the promise of the bells were true. How often we find ourselves joining, joining the poet in this wish, for though our country is not technically at war with itself, we too live in a time of conflict. Personal struggles, politics, the varied responses to COVID, and a world that is rapidly embracing the secular have made the words of Longfellow incredibly relatable. As he writes, the frustrated third verse, and in despair, 
I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Where is the peace, we wonder? Why is there so much conflict? Isn't the promise of the bells real? Isn't it true? It's Christmas morning. Today we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. Today we rejoice in a God who keeps his promises, in the God who became man, that he might live with us, that he might suffer with us, and that ultimately he might die for us, reconciling us through faith to God and restoring the relationship between God and the broken, fallen sinners that he loves so very much. This Christ child, we are told, would be the prince of peace, and yet sometimes it is fair to wonder, all right, so where's the peace? So where's the peace? I can't turn on the news without being reminded of the conflicted state of our country and our world. As social media has grown, echo chambers have been reinforced, and we are more and more separated, condescending, and hostile towards those that disagree with our perception of the world. And we all know that it is not just our world that lacks peace, but our hearts and our minds as well. And we all know, yeah, how, how many nights have I laid awake, anxiety and fear forming a knot in my chest, knowing that there are things outside of my control and wishing I had the power, the strength to make things happen the way that I want them to. And the irony there is that I know that I can't even get myself to do the things that I want myself to do. My mind wanders to thoughts I know that I'm not supposed to think. My heart desires things that I know that I'm not supposed to desire. My anger flares when I know I'm supposed to have it under control. Temptations loom and, and I fight. And man, I, I fight them a lot. And yet despite my best efforts, I sometimes still fail to do the things that I know I should and I sometimes do the things that I know that I shouldn't. How can I find peace when I'm filled with remorse and shame and guilt? How, how do I keep from falling into despair when all around me it feels like the world is in conflict and when I know that I am deeply conflicted within myself? Christ has come. Why has peace not come with him? As we wrestle with those questions and the realities of life here on earth, let us stop, take a breath, and look a bit deeper into what it means that Christ is the Prince of Peace. What is God telling us when he gave Jesus that title? The peace promised through the Messiah is much more than the absence of fighting. It's deeper than a lack of conflict. Though God wants us to love our neighbors and to live in harmony with those around us, Jesus' primary intent and purpose was not to have everyone join hands and sing Kumbaya. He came to restore our relationship with God. And it is through this relationship that we find true peace. Our world is broken by sin. Its natural state is one of conflict. The only way to true peace, the peace that is promised by the ringing bells, that echo the declaration of the angels in the night sky over Bethlehem is through a relationship with God, through a relationship with the baby born in the manger. 
And there is a now and not yet in the promise of peace that we have in Christ. The now is that God is is working on us, shaping us, and molding us here in this life, in this sinful world. Though our earthly brokenness continues to cause us unrest and lead us into sinfulness, God does not give up on us. He is continually working on us. Though we deal with anxiety and depression, that does not mean that God is neglecting us. Though we mourn and suffer and hurt, that does not mean that God has forgotten us. He is working in us and through us to fight against our brokenness. Though we fall into the sin we are trying to avoid, that does not mean that God's peace has passed over us. It does not mean that he will neglect us or abandon us. The peace we are given through Christ is deeper than our brokenness. It is wider than our sinfulness. For though we will fail, our peace comes in knowing that God has forgiven us. Our peace comes in the promises of a God who loves us so much he sent his son to die for us. It is a comfort for the Christian to know that God is greater than all of our flaws and our failings and that he has loved us in spite of them. And the not yet of the promised peace is that one day true peace will be realized for God has promised us that one day all of the pain, all of the struggle, all of the hurt, all of the anxiety, the depression, the fear, all of the sin will be gone. One day we'll be made new, one day Christ will come again and he will win the final battle and in that battle death will die and sin will be no more. Anxiety and depression will be forgotten. Temptation will be forever defeated. Hurt, pain, mourning, loss. They will be no more. And we will know true peace. This is the promise of the bells. God wins. Christ has come and he will come again. And he wins. And so let us proclaim that promise to a world needing to hear it. We are Christ's ambassadors. And God makes his appeal through us. Let us not feel so comfortable in the peace we have with God that we do not face the conflict of the world in order to share the message of true peace with our neighbor. Each year on Christmas morning here at Calvary we sing, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. And I never cease to get chills when we proclaim the fourth verse. As a Christian, I am deeply comforted by the peace Longfellow expressed as he penned the words. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail. The right prevail with peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. Though our world is one of conflict, there is peace for the Christian. Our God does not lose, and his promises will be kept. As Christians, we rest in the finished work of Christ on the cross, and we yearn for our neighbor to be reconciled to God, to know the peace that we are resting in. So let us be the bells in our communities, loudly pealing the message of a baby born in a manger, of a promise kept by a God who loves, of a Savior who died and rose again, defeating death and bringing hope 
bringing peace of our Lord who will one day come again. Let us proclaim the message of a peace that passes understanding. Let us proclaim the message of Christmas. Amen.